back here at home in our province, though, um, a really good story on Global News. I, I encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, it's something that I think we've talked about before. We've all experienced before. And where do we go from here? And that's about managing our love for our national parks in this province and at the same time not turning them into, well, Disneyland, kind of. I mean, sort of balancing that recreation and conservation at the same time. And Stephanie Swensert is a reporter for Global News based here at 630 Chad in Edmonton and put together a great piece on this. Steph, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. So the story is titled, like I say, Love to Death. And that's really what it is, right? I mean, it's trying to find a balance between, because we all love it. We all want to be there, which is great. But at the same time, they're supposed to be wild places. Yeah. What we love about Banff and Jasper and our national parks is that they're these pristine, wild landscapes. But at the same time, when we have millions of people visiting them year after year, that takes a toll on it. Um, and things, changes um, are have been made and more changes could be coming to help balance that, to help, you know, lessen the impact that humans have on the, on the landscape. If you go to Banff in the summertime, it's ridiculous. It, it is absolutely insane the number of people that are there. I mean, finding a camping spot or whatever mm-hmm. is nuts. So, I mean, you're right. Things have been done, right? Some things that we probably don't even know about that the national parks are trying to do. What kind of things have they implemented already? So in Jasper, in the Tonquin Valley, um, Parks Canada bought out the businesses, two businesses that were operating on caribou habitats because the recreation there was affecting the habitat. And um, they said, you know, in the, I, I know that there's this history of human recreation in this area, but right now the the environment is more important. So they bought out and they, you know, ceased operations of these two um, recreation uh, companies. They're like lodges, right? Basically. Yeah, lodges. Yeah. So it was like horseback riding in the backcountry. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, which was pretty controversial, was um, Moraine Lake Road, which of course leads up to Moraine Lake in uh, the Lake Louise area. That was closed to personal vehicle access in January. So um, there's a parking lot down at the bottom, you know, at, oh, the, yeah. at Moraine Lake. And Parks Canada said that they had people stationed there 24 hours a day directing traffic. And that at some points in peak times, the parking lot was full 24 hours a day and that they had to turn away like 5,000 cars every day. And one of the people I spoke to for this um, described it as an eternal loop. You know, you'd drive all the way down to the parking lot, look around. They tell you there's no parking. So you have to go all the way back up to the Lake Louise and then you drive around there. Hey, and then there's no parking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's just a, this eternal loop of going back and forth. And Moraine Lake Road, Parks Canada says it, it goes through an important wildlife corridor. So okay. especially um, at dusk and at dawn, it was really stressing the animals out to have to deal with all these constant cars going, like this line of cars going back and forth. And um, of course, also carbon emissions were part of the decision. So now what's allowed to go there is public transit run through um, Rome Transit, which is like a, a Banff um, yep. transit, yep. and then also Parks Canada shuttles. And um, if you are up to it, you can ride your bike or walk. Um, and also p- folks with like handicap tags in their... They can still go. They can still go. But yeah. But I mean, in terms of, I mean, in, in some of your reporting points out the fact that, okay, you've got the transit option there, but in terms of cost effectiveness and efficiency, it's not getting it done. It's actually more expensive to ride the bus. Yeah, it's it's the same deal as we were talking earlier is when I um, have an event at Rogers Place where yeah. parking is yeah. super cheap compared to transit in Edmonton. It's the same thing. A shuttle in, for, to go from the Lake Louise parking lot, which is... Uh, f- like to ride the shuttle to Moran Lake, it cost about thirteen to sixteen dollars per adult. But to uh, 
take to park down there is twelve twenty five this past summer. So really does not make financial sense so you, even a little bit. You take a carload for twelve bucks yeah. or fifty bucks if you want to take the bus. Yeah, yeah. So um Parks Canada actually told me that they're reevaluating the price of parking and that they're gonna have an announcement in the coming weeks. So that price could be going up. Um but that's just yeah. Of course, it's all centered around Banff, the town of Banff. That's sort of the hub. That's the headquarters. And they've had issues, too, right? I mean, they, they've actually, I remember, I, I don't know if it was last summer or two summers ago, where they said, please don't bring your car. Yes. Please don't drive here. I mean, they're, they're, they're swamped as well, right? Yeah. So um, I also spoke with Banff Mayor Corey DeMano, and she, uh, multiple times over the past few years before the long weekends, they say, yeah, don't bring your car in, please. Like, we can't handle it. And officials from the town say that it can take like an hour and a half to get to drive from one side of the town to the other just because of the sheer volume. <laughs> Which is six blocks. Yeah, yeah, it, and and they're asking, please, because um, you can take regional transit from Calgary um, into into Banff, and then that way it's a super walkable place. Yeah, it's totally. like blocks, like you say, you can totally get around with just um, with just walking or using transit. But again, the price is like to get from Banff to Lake Louise, it's ten dollars. So you have to. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah. I, I, but but what's so what's the answer then, Steph? I mean that's the thing, right? They they can't do it for free. I mean that's not an option that's available to them, right? I mean how do they do it? Well, so the uh, Parks Canada convened a panel to talk about this, to talk about sustainable transportation, and one of the things they found is that um, finance is a big in- incentive, and they need to. They, they're recommending that Parks Canada starts charging people more every time they use a personal vehicle versus public transit. So the first way that would be is your park pass. If you come in with just your car, your RV, you're going to be paying a lot more for your park pass than if you're visiting via public transit. Um, and the other changes would um, be raising the price of parking, yeah. um, which but we've talked about should hopefully incentivize people to not park. Uh, but the thing is, is also there are other issues other than just the financial incentives. Um, you know, transit doesn't necessarily have the facilities to, uh, to help with a trip to Banff because there's not space necessarily for big sporting equipment, bikes, skis, snowboards. Right, yes. Uh, your picnic, canoes, basket, canoes, is, yeah. stroller, which of course is just a breeze when you're going yeah, with your yeah. car. It's like, you don't even think about it, but a stroller or something like that is hard to take in via transit. And the other thing is that there's, um, gaps in the in the network so like i said they have a route to lake louise which is a super popular one but less popular trailheads in the area don't have a route to it so it's like how are you supposed to get there without a car is it a taxi is it on-demand transit so that's part of the panel that they convened but the main thing is um is charging more if you are not using public transit and giving you that financial incentive if you do use public transit. Well, if, you, if you're a national park, you've got two choices. It's mm-hmm. supply and demand, right? Yeah. You, you've got to reduce the demand by charging more because people don't want to pay. You're, you're not going to increase the supply of parking. They're not going to start building more parking lots and roads in national park. That's the last thing anybody yeah. wants. So it, it makes a lot of sense that if you're going to try and come up with a strategy to tackle this, you're going to try and discourage people from taking their vehicles. Mm-hmm. So so this panel was convened. They had these conversations. Is it going to look different when we go to Bath this summer? Are there going to be new rules in place? Well, there's... There's a, there hasn't been any answers out yet. Okay, it was just a yet. panel. It's just suggestions that yep. they were making. And this came out only in January. So it's still pretty fresh. Um, like I said, they're evaluating parking at Lake Louise Lakefront, which you can still access via 
via your own car. Yeah. You can still access it. So they're evaluating parking. Um, yeah, but have you tried it? I, I tried. I don't know if it was last summer or two summers ago. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, finding a parking spot is nuts. Yeah, I've actually never been to Lake Louise, unfortunately. It's nice. It's and worth I, it. and I want to. I want to go this summer. Part of my my experiment this summer is going to be trying to. Uh, get around Banff and Lake Louise by a transit. Okay, so tell us, what's your, you're going to try and walk the walk here. What's the plan? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm stationed here in Edmonton, but I'm going to try, as a result of uh, writing this article, I'm intrigued and I want to see if I can walk the walk and do a whole trip this summer via public transit. I'm not too sure if I will take uh, you know the Greyhound or whatever down to Calgary yet, right, yeah. but I'll I'll start in Calgary, take the bus into into Banff, you know, get around, maybe rent some e-bikes, maybe walk around, roller skate. I roller skate, so that would be fun. Um, then try to get up to some of the hikes. You can get to the Banff Gondola via public transit and and uh, just try to see all the sites and see if it's actually doable. Which I I wouldn't be camping. I'd be just in the hotels. Yes. So yeah. I wouldn't have a whole bunch of you know uh, su- uh, tents and stuff to carry. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think it, I think it'll be doable. It would be doable. I think it would be really expensive. I think it's going to cost a whole bunch. I mean, Banff ain't cheap. Yeah. And depends when you do it. I think if yeah. you did it in say June versus July or August, it's going to be an entirely different experience. Because it'd be more crowded in it'd the late. So much more crowded. Yeah. 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 Which you, you know maybe maybe the the. Uh, the transit will be less crowded because it'll be more international visitor. I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. 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 And that was actually one of, the, so there's a couple of other recommendations that, um, some of the folks that I spoke with shared with me f- to kind of help mitigate this. And that kind of goes into it in July and August, all the international visitors of course, come. Yeah. So they were saying visit in the off season yes. because we, we live here year round. We can go any time of year that we want. And uh, another interesting thing that, uh, she said to, Calgary residents is consider going in the evening because where else in the world um, is, does it stay late? Uh, stay light until like ten thirty p.m. So true. So you can. She was saying, you know, leave your house in Calgary at about four thirty p.m. Yep. Everyone else will be heading back to their hotel. You can go do your hike, and it'll be nice and quiet. Maybe watch the sunset, and you know, then head back into Calgary. You can be back when it's still light out at nine thirty ten p.m. And uh, another way to kind of disperse is to go to other parks. You know, we got great parks. We do. In Edmonton, we have Elk Island right outside yeah. town. Jasper sees about half the number of visitors as Banff does. And then Waterton. Waterton's still pretty popular. Um, we just go around to We've got amazing parks in Alberta, provincial parks as well, um, that spread out, you know, spread the love. You don't have to just go to Banff every year. Try no. try something new. But we do. We do. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah. Steph, it's a great story. It really is. It'll, it, uh, it'll be interesting to follow up this summer and see how it goes because you're right. It's it's not getting better. It's yeah. only getting more popular. So yeah. something needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I, I like to, comparing it to Disneyland because that is, it's just these crowds of it people. Is. and And you don't, 10 years ago you were able to kind of go and uh, you wouldn't have to wait long for stuff and you could kind of access whatever you wanted right away but it's not the same anymore it's and not. on one hand it's great that more people are are being able to experience this whether it's because they have the financial freedom or the interest in nature maybe it was COVID that yeah, yeah. It inspired them to get out and explore more um, but at the same time you know we have to make these changes to make sure that this thing that we treasure doesn't get loved to, to death to death exactly yeah, yeah. awesome thanks uh, Steph so much for being here I appreciate it Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.